Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. We uh, we continue on. And uh, we were talking a little earlier about uh, off-seasons and such. And uh, the Packers off-season, whether it was the off-season after the season ended or the off-season when it came to the OTAs and the workouts and such and how you take it all in. Uh, bringing our guy now, Bill Huber from uh, Sports Illustrated, covering the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Bill, first of all, thanks for uh, joining us, man. I certainly appreciate it. And uh, I guess what I wanted to ask you was after all the OTAs, the mini camp, after it's all come to an end, what was your, what's your takeaway from all of this in this off season, a very different off season? Yeah, it's you know, probably no different than, than anybody's right. And it's, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful mystery. I might say, Bill, <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I literally, I mean, we don't know. Um, we've no idea what to expect from Jordan Love. I mean, we're, we're all the promise and hype is based on what nine passes at the end of a relatively lopsided loss against the Eagles. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean what do you, what do you make out of that? And, um, you know, the defense under Joe Barry, you know, they, they played five really good games at the end of the year. Um, is that what they're going to be for real this year? Or is it playing mostly bad offenses? I, I don't, I don't know. Um, and getting back to the offense, it was kind of the way it was, you know, Jordan Love, I think by my numbers in the five practices we got to saw, which they, they practiced 11 times, we got to see five. Um, I think he was like at 59% completion in those five practices. Um, first one was pretty bad. And then he was much better after that. But um, that, that would lead me to believe it's going to be just like everybody else thinks kind of a, a work in progress and the, kind of the thing where you hope that they build throughout the year. When you talk about the fifty nine percent completion percentage, okay, let's let me ask you this: when, because I've said before, I don't know how the numbers are going to be, because you know, was it you know, say ten interceptions and nine of which bounced off the hands of the receivers that should have had it, or was it ten bad balls that were thrown into harm's way? So the fifty nine percent, what do you think the issue was for the reason that that percentage wasn't higher? Well, you know, to the to the mistakes, there were three interceptions. Um, two were in two minute drills, right? Where you you, know, you got to take a chance, right? Like like Columbus, Columbus took a mm-hmm. chance. Sort of Jordan Love, you know, did it work right. out? So you, you kind of kind of discard those. And I'm trying to trying to remember the other one. I'm drawing a blank on it. So it's just you know, there were times where he wasn't super accurate. I w- I will say that he stood in the pocket a lot. I was talking about that with someone the other day too. I'm trying to think of a time where he got out of the pocket and made a play, and he didn't do it, um, which would, you know, that's going to be the strength of his game, right, will be the ability to get out and move and make things happen. It seemed like a concerted effort on his part to stay in the pocket and make plays there. So I, I would think we'll see a better version of Jordan Love in the game's comp because the what he does best, he will he will emphasize those things. Do you think just, I mean, we saw Aaron Rodgers when he took over. You saw Brett Favre when he took over and, and the way his tenure ended. Do you, I mean, you look at Jordan Love and you say, you know what, I see potential, I see the reason they drafted him, or do you look at Jordan Love and say, oh, God, I hope they're right? <laughs> I would think I would say it's all that um, because he can throw the ball. Um, he, throws a, he throws a nice ball. He's, he's, got, he's got all the arm strength he'd want. Goodness knows he's athletic. Um, seems like a smart guy. Uh, there's no doubt that he's putting the time behind the scenes to get better, which isn't which isn't a gimme for everybody, right? If you're sitting on the bench, um, 
it's up to you to get better, and he's he's done that. Now that being said, um, there's enough plays. I mean, he threw a few wounded ducks that you're like, yeesh. Now again, is is that me being the jaded guy who's only saw Aaron Rodgers at practice for 16 years, right? I mean, you, you just don't know any better, mm-hmm. or is he, um, or there's some issues there. So that's hard for me to say. Um, but yeah, I, I can certainly see why they draft him the first round. He's got he's got plenty of ability, that's for sure. Talking with uh, Bill Huber at Bill Huber NFL over on Twitter, and you can follow his stuff there for SI. Um, you bring up the, uh, you know, a couple of wobbly ducks. Uh, there was an issue. There was a, a lot of talk about that, a lot being made of the fact that Jordan Love at times uh, went to launch it and it just wobbled out of his hands. Is is that something that is concerning or is that something that was just a couple of bad passes, nothing to see here? Yeah, that's where my lack of context comes in, in the play, Bill, is um, to me it'd be a concern, but I haven't seen – you know, to a practice, right? I don't, I don't see Joe Burrow practice, Kirk Cousins. I, I have no frame of reference other than Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> that's a, that's right. a hard frame of reference. It's, it's a hard comparison point to compare Jordan Love to um, Aaron Rodgers on, on things like that. Maybe maybe every quarterback throws three or four wounded ducks out of 100 passes. And probably all it was, right? It wasn't like this humongous problem, I don't think. Um, yeah, I, I just don't have the context to, to answer that one for you. The, uh, the the rest of this team and, and what they kind of bring to the table. I mean, you, you let off with uh, Joe Barry in the defense, and, and, you know, they had some good games down the stretch. Uh, I know that Brian Gutekind saluted in the offseason to more pressure on the quarterback, and then guys like Devontae Wyatt, Quay Walker, and company taking that next step. Give me your thoughts defensively speaking. Yeah, I mean, how are they going to stop the run, right? I mean, they, they, they couldn't stop it last year when they had Dean Lowry and, and Jaron Reed, two you know, tried and true veterans with Kenny Clark. How are they going to set the run with Devontae Wyatt, who hasn't done anything, right? Now, that's not a, not a criticism of Devontae Wyatt, right? I mean, the veterans ahead of him. Um, so they're going to start with TJ Slayton and Wyatt and Kenny Clark, and you hope that those guys play a better run defense than Lowry and Reed. And then you hope that the rookies, Colby Wooden and um, Carl Brooks, can play good run defense as rookies. I mean, beats me, right? We'll, we'll find out you know, by mid-August, right, when, you know, the offensive line's been blocking him for two weeks and, you know, there's been some joint practices and a couple preseason games, can those guys stop the run? Because if they can stop the run, then it all looks great, right? Because your, your pass rush is going to be strong, and goodness knows Alexander and Douglas are going to intercept passes. So it, it all looks great on paper if you win on first and second down, and I don't, I don't know that they're going to do that. Um, I'm not saying that they can't. I just don't know, right? These guys have to go out and prove it. Was there anybody that stood out that you just that was impressive? Whether it was a second-year guy like Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt, was it Lucas Van Ness? Was there somebody else that just kind of stood out? And you went, "Wow, they they look pretty good." Yeah, Luke Musgrave. It's you know he leads he leads the parade there. Um, look, this is a guy who didn't do anything in college, right? I mean, his numbers are are pretty plum. Um, now that he might have had those numbers last year, he had eleven catches in two games, and then he got hurt. So look, he looked like he was on his way, but you know he. You, you see six six and a and a four six one and a forty at the combine. You think, oh, that's pretty good stuff. But then you see him on the field. I mean, he is every bit of that. I mean, he's he is a big time athlete at that position. And I would be I would be highly surprised if he's not a really really good upper echelon tight end in a hurry. You know, I could see him having a big year this year. But even if it's not this year, you know, maybe the year after, he's got all the talent in the world. I'm looking forward to seeing him when the pads go on. It gets a bit more real because. And he is, I mean, he caught a pass. It's just a crossing route. 
and Rudy Ford undercut it and got his fingers on it, and Musgrave still made the catch, and then he just blew up field. It's like, whoo. You know, again, this is my frame of reference of watching Robert Tunyon and Richard Rodgers and Mercedes Lewis, you know, a bunch of right. slow guys. Luke Musgrave is a different cat, that's for sure. Talking about Jaden Reed, because I know there was a lot of people really high on him coming out of camp as well, and the fact that also he was uh, catching punts and had pretty short hands back there. I mean, uh, dare we say that suddenly the special teams of the Green Bay Packers looks better than average? Yeah, I think think that's a fair assessment. Right? I don't recall him dropping any, and they punted a lot when we were out there. I mean, almost every day they punted, whether it was actually punting the ball or just with, with the jugs punting. They, they punted the ball a lot. Yeah, he's pretty smooth back there. Now, he got, he got a bunch of first-team reps in offense. I don't think he did much of anything with them. But that he's running with the first team as a rookie kind of tells you what they think of him. He's got a chance to be – look, the Badgers fans know, right? I mean, he, he looked him up a couple times. He's a really, really good player. And I know, you know, there's that thing out there that he's short. Yeah, he's kind of short, but I don't, I don't know that he's small. He seems like he's a pretty well-built-together guy. He's not something that you look at and say, ooh, he just doesn't look the part. I mean, he's, right. he's, he's, he's going to be okay size-wise, I think. Um, you know, the one thing we didn't talk about at all was kicking. How is the kicking game life after Mason Crosby? Well, they kicked twice. Um, they didn't at all during OTAs. No, I shouldn't say they didn't. They didn't kick in front of us. I'm, I'm sure they kicked. Um, during the live sessions with us, Anders Carlson, or Anders, excuse me, uh, was 11 out of 12. He, on the first day, he made a couple from 50-plus yards. The guy has a, he has a strong leg. That's, that sucker pops. Um, we'll see how it looks when it's real, right? I mean, he was a 70-some percent kicker at Auburn. It's not going to be any easier here. Um, it helps him out that he's going to have a better long snapper with, with Orzich and I assume a veteran holder with O'Donnell. Um, so that's going to help him out. Um, but he's, he's going to have to prove it. And, you know, his kicking coach was uh, Jamie Cole. He's kind of the kicking coach of, of everybody. And what the phrase he used to me was he's, he's going to have to survive the NFL monster. And that, in other words, He's going to hit some bad times because he's a rookie. They all hit bad times. Is he going to wilt from it, or is he going to get stronger from it? And it's it's really up to him, right? There's there's no coaching your way out of that. Either you've got the mental toughness to handle those good times, or you don't. Talking with Bill Huber of uh, Sports Illustrated at Bill Huber NFL. You can find him over on Twitter. Um, going back to Jordan Love, and there was a lot being made of the connection between him and Romeo Dobbs, which is tremendous. Where is Christian Watson in all of this? Didn't hear a lot of talk about Christian Watson. Yeah, he didn't. I didn't see him make a whole lot of plays, um, which might be okay, right? I mean, if if he can, you know, get a couple real big splash, real big splash plays every game, you're, you're going to feel good about it. And if Dobbs is your go-to guy and Musgrave's a go-to guy, or or, or you know whatever it is, or the running game, running game is going to be good. In theory, as I speak to you on a telephone, that should open up the deep game for Watson, and that's where he's going to make some hay. So yeah, I would. It's the early chemistry seemed to be with, with Dobbs, which makes sense. You know, they've if they threw together all offseason because they train with the same guy, so there's some chemistry there. And um, but as long as as long as those guys open up the deep stuff for Watson, I think that's probably the, the perfect picture of the offense. I, I you hate to talk about the negative side of things, but what happens if Jordan Love goes down? Is Sean Clifford because I know he raised some eyebrows, is Sean Clifford that good? Um, I mean, he makes too much out of a rookie. And he didn't take any reps against the number one defense. It was always ones against ones and twos against twos. 
Um, but he did have the one two-minute drill in minicamp where I want to say he was 9 out of 11 and let him down for a touchdown. Um, he is certainly not the most talented guy you've ever seen, which is why he went in the fifth round. I mean, I'm not saying that he doesn't have talent, I, and which is how LeFleur kind of construed my statement to him about that. I'm not saying he doesn't have talent. He's just not the most talented guy. I mean, it's not a criticism of him, but you can tell he's played a lot of football because in that two-minute drill, the ball went where it had to go. The ball was placed accurately every time. I mean, he, I mean, every ball is like a hundred mile an hour fastball. He's muscling every ball under, in there, but the placement was good. And he, again, he he seems to have a really good feel for how to play. So, um, between him, him and Danny Etling, that's going to be an interesting competition because Etling had a really good preseason last year. Uh, real quick before I let you go, Bill, and I want to ask you a little bit more about some guys that may not be here after next year. That's David Bakhtiari. There's some talk about Aaron Jones. Uh, about how the attitude, how the outlook is for them coming into this season, depending on what may or may not happen. Oh, one, and, and then one other question I want you to fill in. Sean Ryan, too, because obviously the offensive line is pretty much set, but Sean Ryan coming back from the PED suspension from last year, uh, the dreaded third-round uh, draft pick uh, you know, moniker around his neck as well, but those three guys specifically. Yeah, you know, obviously Bakhtiari made some, some waves um, during the offseason. Uh, with some of the things I said, but he's, he seems like he's all in. Um, there's no reason for me to believe otherwise. Um, look, the guy's, the guy's a pro, and he's going to play like a pro regardless of the situation. I, I asked him, you know, point blank, he's done nothing. He was talking about how he wants, he, he wants to win a Super Bowl. They all do. And he's done nothing but win here. How is he going to handle if they don't win? Um, because they might not, right? I mean, Rodgers won six in tennis first year. They might not win. Um, he's going to show up and be a pro with a smile on his face, and all he can do is block. Um, so I, I think Bakhtiari is going to be fine. Goodness knows Aaron Jones is going to be fine. That guy hasn't had a bad day in his life. He'll be fine. Um, I know Bakhtiari's contract cap number is huge, but I mean, if Jordan Love shows like he's the guy, uh, shoot, why not try to redo the guy's contract? I, if he's legitimately healthy, and I, I believe he is, I believe all that bad stuff is behind him, and he's going to have a really good year. So maybe there's a way you can re- rework the contract. Um, and probably the same with Jones, too. And Sean Ryan, who knows, man? He is probably <laughs> battling for a roster spot, right? He's probably yeah. battling for a roster spot. Yeah, the dreaded third-round draft pick moniker. Boy, that's just uh, that, that's the kiss of death for this team for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, they, they did a couple times where they put, you know, the starters in the, in the – I hate to say used to get good and bad, but just for the lack of a better word, um, you know, the starters in the really – Top backups, I guess, are on one side of the field, and everybody else is on the other side of the field. Sean Ryan was on the other side of the field, which means he's mm-hmm. not particularly in the hunt. Of course, this again, this is sh- shorts and helmets in May and June, and none of this stuff matters for alignment until August and September, I guess July. But August rolls around, so we'll, we'll see. Um, but, yeah, he's taking a lot of reps at guard and center um, with the other guys. Yeah. Bill, great stuff as always, bud. Uh, enjoy the rest of the offseason. We'll talk again real soon, okay? All right, take care, Bill. Appreciate it. All right, pal. Talk to you later. There you go. Bill Huber. Uh, find him at Bill Huber NFL over on Twitter. And you can read his stuff in SI. Covers the Green Bay Packers on the daily. And uh, great to get him on with us to give us his opinion as to what he thinks the offseason, the OTAs, the minicamp and such has meant for the Green Bay Packers. So good stuff there. And uh, thanks to Bill for joining us for a couple of minutes to kind of chit-chat about about some of that stuff. Uh, hey, our friends at Kane and Kane Jewelers, they want to rock your world. They're located West Bend, Wisconsin. And they've got not only a tremendous store, 
Uh, but a lot of tremendous jewelry and deals for all types, whether engagement rings, anniversary rings, wedding bands, uh, necklaces, earrings, pendants, uh, charms, whatever it happens to be, they've got it. And they've got this family-style atmosphere. They're great people. And if you don't believe me, just try it. Uh, it's unlike any other. Go to Kane, K-O-E-H-N, KaneJewelry.com. That's KaneJewelry.com, located in West Bend, Wisconsin. And tell them we sent you. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Don't forget, bottom of the hour, our buddy Chuck Freeman from the uh, Brewers uh, podcast, the uh, Brew Crew podcast. He's going to be joining us coming up here in a little bit as well. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome to Palo Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. May I take your order? I'd like nine windows, please. Of course. All our products are custom made just for you. I'm hoping they'll match my home. Of course they can. Have it your way. Excuse me? We're talking about windows, right? Yes, we customize any decor. Our design options are virtually limitless. Even more customized than your coffee. So, you're like my personal barista for windows and doors. Exactly. And you couldn't have picked a better time because if you customize your order by August 31st, you can bundle and save big. Good deal. That was easy. Thank you. Drive through. Pella's premium wood windows and patio doors feature distinguished craftsmanship and nearly endless possibilities. Bundle and save when you customize your order by August 31st at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Visit PellaWI.com. the lacrosse area i cannot recommend anymore a great place called buzzard billies it's right there on pearl street in lacrosse and they opened up back in 97 and it was uh, like an old brick hotel just a beautiful old eclectic building and then the starlight lounge went on top of it and that's kind of the like i've said if you go there you kind of wait for the rat pack to come walking out of the back door and start crooning to you you know it's just such a cool place and a cool area and uh, Buzzard Billy's has uh, on street uh, out there alfresco seating and such now. So just a lot of cool stuff in lacrosse. But uh, on Pearl Street and lacrosse, man, you cannot go wrong with either place. Buzzard Billy's downstairs, Starlight Lounge upstairs, both absolutely fantastic and big supporters of the motorcycle ride coming up on Sunday, September 3rd. And thanks to them for being a part of the program as well. So going back to when we had Bill Huber, by the way, we're going to talk to uh, Chuck Freeman. Uh, the Locked on Brewers podcast coming up here at the bottom of the hour, so stay tuned for that. But uh, in talking with Bill Huber and in talking with Mike Clemens last week, there, there's don't you see, like, the, the common threads in this? If you've been paying attention, I guess, you know, if you've listened to both. Um, the question is, is there enough defense? First, is there enough defense? Secondly, is Joe Barry going to run the defense the way he did the final five games of the year last year? To where they were aggressive, they played better, they kind of got it going. Will there then also be 
the progress between Devontae White, like he said, you know, it's it's all in stopping the run. So will there there be enough with Devontae Wyatt alongside and some of the new cats you have, defensively speaking, bringing T.J. Slayton up as a starter, Kenny Clark alongside, Colby Wooden, Carl Brooks, Jonathan Ford. Will there be enough to help support stuffing the run, and will Quay Walker be better at it? All questions, all legitimate questions. You just don't know. And then the big question mark is, you know, Jordan Love and is how is he going to, you know, kind of take to the season. But nobody really has a handle on it, other than the fact that everybody says the same thing. Lucas Van Ness just looks like an Adonis and has looked really quick and good, but you can't tell until you, you have the pads on. Luke Musgrave is might be the steal of the draft in the second round. He probably would have had it not been for an injury. He probably would have been a first-rounder as a tight end. So the, the maybe the Packers just absolutely positively stole one there. Jaden Reed, who's been practicing with the ones, looks really good. Not an overly big cat, but looks really good. Between him and Romeo Dobbs, both seem to have a connection with uh, Jordan Love early on. Christian Watson, he's just, he like he said, it's nothing splashy, but just needs to make a few splash plays early on to really begin to stretch defenses. And then you've got a veteran offensive line, and will Sean Ryan, Zach Tom and company be enough to add depth to this team up front? Uh, you know, and your seemingly your defensive backfield looks pretty strong. But nobody's got a handle on this team. It's like prediction-wise, you know, it starts out with, hey, what's your prediction for the Green Bay Packers? And people go, ah, you know, that before it was always, ah, 11-12 wins. 11-12, bam. Now, seven, eight, nine, six, whatever, depending on which direction you You just don't know. A lot of uncertainty, as opposed to years past. And like he said, some things that you may look at as being wrong, you don't know in comparison to others. Right? So the fact that Jordan Love throws kind of a wobbly ball, concerning or not concerning? Well, Concerning as far as like Aaron Rodgers and the direction Aaron would go. Well, Aaron didn't throw balls like that. Aaron was fantastic. He was on the money. He was, it was crisp. It was, it was tight. It was out of his hand. It was, it was perfect. Compared to every other quarterback in the National Football League, don't know. Right? Don't know. The fact that he took a couple of chances in two minute drills threw a total of three interceptions but only a 59% completion percentage. Good, bad, just kind of seeing what can happen in in camp as opposed to the games, or legitimately trying to squeeze a ball into a very tight zone and doing it a millisecond too late. Don't know. We're going to find out. But those are all the things that you don't normally see. You didn't see it from Favre. You didn't see Favre, I, you know, Favre did throw some picks. But you didn't see it from Rodgers over the last 15 years. He was very precise with the football. So you don't know. But that's kind of the common threat. That, that's the reason when you bring on guys like Mike and Bill and any other you know NFL analyst at this point, some people you're really sure. Like right now in New York, it is all the praises of Rodgers and that they're just talking about how everything's been elevated. 
because of his presence. You talk about a place like, say, New England, and whether or not Mac Jones is the real deal, they're still trying to figure out. Miami, Tua. Is Tua going to be the Tua that uh, prior to the concussion last year where he was so incredibly good, statistically good, he, he that team looked like they were just poised to make a run. Whereas you go to San Francisco and they're a dominant team. They're considered to be one of the best, but they don't even know if they got a quarterback. Except for the quarterback type of thing, you know? Well, I don't know. They're a great team. Oh, by the way, they don't have a quarterback. <laughs> okay. So you really don't know at this point. Right now, it looks like it's Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, you know, Sam Darnold. They have those guys. But who's going to be healthy enough to actually play quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers? Who's going to be the placeholder for the time being, right? So you just don't know what you have right now. You know in Minnesota, it's Kirk Cousins. You know it's Jared Goff in Detroit. You know it's Justin Fields in Chicago. You don't know what Fields brings to the table. You know if Goff can repeat what he did this past year, that the Detroit Lions, for all intents and purposes, should have a pretty solid season. Same thing with Minnesota. The big question mark in green. So I I guess what I'm trying to say is, in comparison to other quarterbacks, you don't know even looking at Jordan Love and how he did in the OTAs and the minicamps because – all you've had is this level of excellence to compare it to. So in comparison to, to Aaron Rodgers, no, he's not Aaron Rodgers. But he's got to develop, so we'll see. 877-867-1670. Let's do this. We'll go back to some Brewers chatter when we come back. Our buddy Chuck Freeman's going to join us from the Lockdown Brewers podcast. And uh, I'm really uh, interested to talk to him about perception becoming reality with Craig Council and the contract. Uh, with the team, with the pitching, getting Wade Miley back, hoping for Woodruff, the perception for Corbin Burns. He has not thrown exceptionally well this year. Uh, Obviously, the offense has been sporadic. We're going to get into all of that when we come back. All of that when we come back. So let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We'll come back. Got a lot more to get to. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show on the air. Good to have you on board today, as always. And uh, we're going to be talking with Chuck Freeman uh, from the uh, the Brewers, uh, Locked on Brewers podcast coming up here in just a couple. And uh, we'll, we'll chat with him about uh, all the stuff that you and I were talking about a little bit earlier. And we'll get Chucker on the air. Uh, in the meantime, I want to let you know about our friends at Sloppy Joe's in Smoke on the Water. Two tremendous places. One owner and a proud sponsor of the motorcycle ride on coming up on Sunday, September 3rd, the 16th annual poker run benefiting Fisher House, Wisconsin. And uh, I want to say thanks to Joe and Ellen Hennis. And uh, you can go to either place. There's posters up. You can scan the posters. Uh, same thing with a lot of the, our, our sponsors. Uh, but uh, nevertheless... Um, the uh, 
the smoke on the water, that's uh, one of the places that uh, we were just at yesterday. As a matter of fact, I was out there, and uh, they had the posters up, and you can walk in, you can scan the QR code and get pre-registered. But big supporters, smoke on the water on Okachi Lake. Sit out back on the deck under the umbrella, watch the boats go by, or a good old-fashioned Wisconsin bar and restaurant uh, with, you know, the old-fashioned probably sitting there waiting for you on the bar. That is Sloppy Joe's Saloon and Spoon on Hubertus, in Hubertus. Just uh, two great locations, two great places, uh, and owned by two great people. That's Joe and Ellen Hennis. So uh, anytime you can go in and support them, that'd be uh, fantastic. Uh, let's do this. Let's uh, switch back over to some Brewers chatter before it's all said and done. And that's our guy Chuck Freeman of the Locked on Brewers podcast. You can find him, uh, find his stuff there at Chuck Freeman uh, over on uh, Twitter as well. Chucker, how you been, pal? Boy, um, uh, old-fashioned on Akachi Lake. Can you go wrong on a day like today? No, no, I, I, I'd be oh. face first in that with a snorkel, man. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking last night. I said, what's, what's the Bill Michaels summer party? You know, since COVID, there hasn't been one. Is the, is I know. I know. We got to get, we got to get something together. We, I, the Christmas party is always the best. You got to get to the Christmas party. You've had, uh, you've had your uh, son the last couple of years. So this year we got to, oh, I, I kind of figure that this year you, you won't. So that way you'll be able to make it to the party because that just gets bigger and bigger every year. Well, I mean, you're you're having you know bands down in your basement now. That's <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> I mean that that's a party, you know. Yeah, well, you know, we try to do something bigger every year, and it's just now it's getting to the point where uh, it's gotten so big. Now you got to for the people that don't respond and stuff. Now you got to start eliminating people and all that kind of stuff. But it's 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 a hoot nanny. There's no doubt about that. I'll, I'll say that for damn sure. Hey, uh, Chuck, let me ask you this. Do you think anything there's anything to Craig Council not having the contract after this season, going into the final 80-plus games of his coaching career, if indeed this is it, has anything to do with, uh, say, any of the guys' mentality in the clubhouse? No, I, I really don't. Um, I think because these guys are you know, professionals, these guys are looking to you know, build their own brand and build their own contracts and you know get their own stay i don't i don't really don't think it has anything to do with it um it's just odd that he's going into his uh you know in the season without a contract extension because normally you know you got you got years to kill and he doesn't and uh so it's just i i i don't really i don't think this is um i don't think he's managing the team next year i thought even you know before the season started win or lose that yeah, that's just kind of odd. I mean, you don't see, you don't see a, a manager on his own terms say, well, you know, we'll see what happens and all that, and we'll get it done or whatever. We'll see what – but I, I, he could, you know, he could join David Stern somewhere. He could go uh, to the Mets, you know, if they make a change down the road, mm-hmm. which uh, could be headed that, that could be a – he would get – he could get another job. Um, maybe not, maybe take a year off. Maybe he wants to go watch his son for a couple of years, play baseball. He could do that or his sons for that matter. And, um, but I, I don't think it has anything to do with this play, um, at all. You know, we've seen over the last several years that the, the offense has been just futile. And, you know, we saw it last night, it reared its ugly head when they, uh, only had three hits against, uh, a very good pitcher, Merrill Kelly, just, you know, but we've seen it happen too often this year. Chuck, uh, now going back to the Craig Council thing, this is completely 
on him. It's not like the ownership is either one short changing him or they're not making a commitment to him. They want him back. It's just whether or not he wants to come back, correct? Yeah, it sounds like it. He's been on the job since 2015, and let's see here, eight years. That's a long time as a manager. You know, I mean, you know, that's uh, that, that is. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think that they want him back. Uh, they, I think they do. I think Craig, you know, he's got a spot in the Brewer organization for as long as he wants. He's got a great relationship with Antanasio. I think they want him back. It sounds to me this is on him that it's because he doesn't know what his future is going to be. And, you know, maybe not not only want to watch his kids play college baseball, but can he win a World Series in Milwaukee? Of course, he'd love to do that. You know, he grew up just down the road in Whitefish Bay, so he'd love to win a World Series. But the question is, can he with the way the baseball economics are? That's my next question. If he, if this team, and I was throwing this out there earlier today, if this team was different, if this team, say, upped their payroll by 50, 60 million, and they had a good stable of pitchers, some good bats, it looked like this team was going to for sure win the division, and you thought, you know what, this is the year. They have a legitimate shot at winning a championship. I, I think we might have a different outcome. I think it might be where Craig says, okay, I'll give it, I'll sign another two-year deal see how we do, something to that effect. But I, it's almost like, though, you, you know, if you're not really there, it's a good opportunity to say, you know what, I'm going to bow out, I'm going to let somebody else run this. It's, but it's, to me, it's also very telling that I don't think he believes there's enough talent inside that clubhouse to get it done. Yeah, I mean, if you're a manager, a proven manager, and, and again, if he quits, Bill, or he, you know, they decided not to extend him, uh, he could get a job. There would be a lot of teams that would want him as a manager. He's got a very good reputation, considered one of the better managers in Major League Baseball. I know, you know, fans don't want to get down on council and all that. I, I get that. We all like to get down. You know, what what coach or manager haven't we got down on in our state? Um, but I, I I really think you know he's. I, I don't think he's coming back next year, and I feel like in a few years he'll be somewhere else. But there is, uh, you know, he's always going to be. There's never going to be a salary cap. There's never going to be in it. Uh, there's not never going to be a issue. There's never going to have that uh, thing in baseball where you, you know, everybody's on the same page. Everybody's playing mm-hmm. on the same level. It's just never going to happen. And this is always going to be the case. You know, I mean, the, you know, they did go out and sign uh, Yelich, who you know, so far has not lived up to that contract at all. And hopefully, you know, he is starting to turn it around a little bit. But you know, this this team is. Pitching wise, they're great, but you know they're probably going to lose Corbett Burns. And, you know, anytime here's you know the status with the Milwaukee Brewers. Anytime somebody gets good, especially a pitcher, you know they're not going to hang around. Right. Hey, uh, you, speaking of somebody that's not good right now, Willie Adamas, uh, give me your thoughts on Adamas. Guy wants a big contract. You know, he wants to get paid. He's going to be a free agent. The Brewers have not come to him, Bill, for. Um, a contract at all, a contract extension. Same thing. Brewers have not said anything to him, and he wants to play here. He wants to stay, and thank God maybe that they haven't come to him for a contract extension because right now he's not worth $10 million a year, um, but he wants 20 to 25, and you're going to hit 200. My gosh, you're going to hit 200. You better have 30 home runs at this point. But mm-hmm. he's just having a bad year. Defensively, he's still hanging in there. Okay, he's still hanging in there. You know, he had a little problem early in the year, but he's still hanging in there. 
but offensively just looks bad. I thought, you know, after he came back from this injured list stint after, um, you know, taking the ball off the head, and thank God he's, he's he came out of that relatively clean and, uh, you know, no serious injuries. But he has not – I mean, the struggles for him offensively happened before that as well. So he's hitting like 201, 202. At one point, you looked up at the scoreboard last night, Bill, and it said 198. It's just yeah, not good. So I still think he's good. I mean, he's a quality player, and he's going to turn it around. But, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the season, what are, her, what are his numbers going to be? Is he dug himself so far in a hole this – you know, getting to the midway point of the season – are there enough at bats to have for him to have a decent season yet? Talking with Chuck Freeman on Locked On Brewers podcast, we have him every Tuesday at this time. Uh, is it a two-team race in the Central? Is it the Brewers and the Reds? And the Reds, I never believed in, uh, but they get Votto back. He gives them a big boost last night, and ever since uh, Dela Cruz came up, boy, he has been the igniter for that team, and they've been on fire, winning nine in a row. Nobody believes really that Pittsburgh is that good that they're going to hang around, and everybody's kind of waiting for the Cardinals to make a move, but it just doesn't look like they're going to. So, is it a two-team race, or do you think somebody else is going to kind of climb into this thing? Well, I think Bill, the Cardinals are starting to play a little bit better now. Uh, you know, they got off to the bad start, and they were playing better, and then they started playing badly. They had lost eleven of fourteen, and you know they've just taken three of four. Uh, three of their last four. They won two or three against the Mets. They won yesterday coming from behind and beating Washington. So I, I wouldn't count it the Mets just yet because it seems like the Mets always have this run in them where they win 10, 11 in a row. I feel like they have that stretch of games yet in them. They're starting to get healthy. They're starting to get some guys back. Uh, I think it's going to be them. You know, Cincinnati, you know, they were hot. And then the Brewers cooled them off a couple of weeks ago, taking three or four. And, you know, for the reasons that you mentioned there, Dela Cruz, this guy right here, Joey Votto coming up with a home run in his first game back after that offseason surgery he had, um, you know, they're going to be in it. Um, Pittsburgh, no, I don't think so. But you keep thinking that somebody's going to separate from the pack here um, because everybody's pretty much, you know, a handful of games above 500 or below 500. Um, someone's going to eventually take hold of this division, but um, I would not count at the St. Louis Cardinals yet, even Pittsburgh, uh, but St. Louis looks like the real deal. I mean, uh, before, uh, Cincinnati, no. Cincinnati, before no. I let you go, I, I, I got to ask, coming down the stretch, I mean, I keep saying if the Brewers are right here around 500, they're still hanging tight in the division, there's no way in hell they're sellers at this point. Uh, my thinking is, is they're going to go out and get a bat or two. Now, maybe they trade somebody – for you know, controllable commodities at low end deals that they can, can to hang on to those bats and such. But do you think they're going to be uh, sellers or buyers come the trade deadline? Well, they were sellers last year, and that was uh, something they probably shouldn't have done with Josh Hader. Maybe they learned a lesson there. But um, I don't see them giving away any. You know, they got a pretty good farm system. Um, they're not going to give away anybody of those top prospects. Um, for a shot at it this year because the rest of the team, you know, the pitching staff is, is playoff caliber. Their offense isn't, they need several players, but I, I I'm thinking right now they might just stand put, maybe add Gus Freelich, the hot prospect. Once he's, you know, he's starting to turn their corner and getting healthier and healthier. Now um, mm-hmm. that might be their addition or some bargain basement move bill. I don't see them really going out there 
uh, and getting anybody or, or, or even trading for a Roldis Trapman who might be on the block with, or is probably on the block with Kansas City. I don't see any of that happening. Um, it'll be a low-level move, if anything. Chuck, always a pleasure, man. I appreciate it, and uh, we will talk again next week at the same time, okay? You got it, Bill. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. There you go. That's our buddy Chuck Freeman, uh, the Locked on Brewers podcast, the Locked on Brewers podcast. And uh, he's kind of in the uh, camp of, uh, yeah, if they do anything, it's going to be a low-dollar, low-budget, low-basement move that may not mean a whole lot, just taking a shot in the dark. And as they do so often, let's see if we can't catch lightning in a bottle. Don't want to go over the top, so to speak. 877-867-1670, If you want to uh, chime in, I've uh, got a full table now when it comes to uh, Packers coverage, Brewers coverage. Hell, the Bucks obviously uh, trying to keep Brooke Lopez right now, and they've got the last pick in the draft. They're trying to do some things maybe to possibly move up in the draft, but uh, not a whole lot of capital be, uh, to be able to move with. Uh, and what are the Bucks going to do this offseason? And anything else that happens to be on your mind, go ahead and fire it off. Stay tuned. We've got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up this portion of the program. If you're going to the Brewers game tonight, speaking of Brewers, uh, you can either watch the game at what is considered to be Milwaukee's best sports bar, that's Stenny's, or catch the shuttle. Go down there, get some food, get a beverage or two, head on over to the game, enjoy the game, come back, and then head home. Let them do the driving. Not have to worry about parking or anything like that. That's second and national Walker's Point. Stenny's, as they say, you should be here. And don't forget, coming to Lake Country. Going to be out on Watertown Road in Pewaukee eventually. That's going to be Stenny's Lake Country as well. I can't wait for that to open. That's Stenny's. You should be here. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. It's here. Filets, roasts, ground beef, a variety of meats delivered right to your doorstep by ScholzyFamilyBeef.com. Welcome to Palo Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. May I take your order? I'd like nine windows, please. Of course. All our products are custom made just for you. I'm hoping they'll match my home. Of course they can. Have it your way. Excuse me? We're talking about windows, right? Yes, we customize any decor. Our design options are virtually limitless, even more customized than your coffee. So you're like my personal barista for windows and doors. Exactly. And you couldn't have picked a better time because if you customize your order by August 31st, you can bundle and save big. Good deal. That was easy. Thank you. Drive through. Pella's premium wood windows and patio doors feature distinguished craftsmanship and nearly endless possibilities. Bundle and save when you customize your order by August 31st at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Visit PellaWI.com. We continue on. We still got another hour yet to go. Looking forward to it. Opening things up. Uh, by the way, uh, looking look, looking forward to stuff. Summer, and that is boating and pontooning and lakes and enjoying the water. That's our friends at Skipper Buds out in Pewaukee. Boat sale, service, storage. Call them 262-544-1200. Get a hold of Todd. He's the GM out there. And if you're looking for a deal, 
you're looking to trade one in. If you're looking for a little more money out of your trade to get a little more money out of your new boat or used boat or whatever it is you're going for, they've got all kinds of boats in stock right now. And I was just over there a couple of days ago. So uh, check out our friends at Skipper Buzz. Well, actually, I was uh, actually about a week ago now that I think about it. But uh, they have got a ton of stuff in stock. 262-544-1200. Go and ask for Todd. He's the GM. He's the guy that can make all the deals and dreams happen. So that is our friends over there at Skipper Buds in Pewaukee. Another hour yet to go. Um, I'm going to kind of open it up. Cheddarball says, no, the Brewers will never win a World Series uh, unless the economics change. But again, I refute that because when you look at the way the economics are in baseball right now, and you look at those that are leading their division, those that have won in the past, it hasn't necessarily been the team that has spent the most money that is, is always the winner. When you look at a team like Cincinnati right now, do I think Cincinnati is going to win a World Series? No. But they're atop the division and they're the 25th ranked team in, uh, in Major League Baseball when it comes to overall payroll. Tampa Bay, they have a legitimate shot at winning a championship, and they are the 27th payroll, $76 million. Pittsburgh's hung in there. Baltimore's hung in there. These are teams that are all in the bottom five to bottom ten of payrolls in baseball. The Diamondbacks are ranked 21st. The Brewers are ranked 20th. Minnesota's held steadfast at 17. So and when then you look at the Mets, the Yankees, the Padres, the Phillies, and the Dodgers, and even the Angels and the Blue Jays, those top seven teams are not winning their division right now. So you can be competitive. You can play good baseball. And, again, it goes back to I get, I get the economic factor in all of this. It's easy to buy players. But when you're talking about the ability to field a competitive team, it doesn't always mean money. Sometimes it just means everything has to happen. Your draft choices have to get better. The free agents you bring in have to be good. You catch that lightning in a bottle. It all comes together at one point in time. It's a short window, but it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. Sometimes it's not the players you buy. It's not the money you spend, but it's the players you buy. We got another hour yet to go. Hang in there. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. <laughs> 